welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome everyone to the She Talks Health podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, founder of She Talks Health, the brand, the podcast, the mission. Um, And I'm so excited today because I have a really good friend on the podcast. I was on her podcast and we've done like a fertility summit. We've done so much together and I'm just so excited for her to share her expertise to all of you on such a fun topic. So today we have coach Kayla. She is the CEO and program director of a company, she created okay. it's called <laughs> Hormone Puzzle Society, which is a women's health hub for fertility, hormones, and pregnancy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. We do. It's going to be awesome. Um, and today, we're going to talk about cycle optimization um, when it comes to nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle. And um, we've, we've talked with Jackie Smith about the exercise component of this. I've talked a little bit around nutrition, um, but we've never really tied everything together. And we, we haven't had an expert such as yourself to come in and talk about this. So today, Today we'll talk about how to optimize your cycle as it comes to nutrition, um, why tracking our cycle is so important. You guys know I will say this and scream this till I'm blue in the face. And then how to read your, your fertile signs, how to optimize your cycle with movement and lifestyle. So let's dive. Awesome. In. Yeah. It's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the nutrition piece because I feel like that is probably the most confusing for people. Like they're like, wait, what do you mean I can optimize my cycle with nutrition? So if someone was to come to you and they wanted to do that, what would you tell them? Yeah. So cycle optimizing is an ancient Chinese Eastern medicine tradition where it's eating certain foods and doing certain activities during certain times of your cycle. So you're working with your hormones to either give your body what it needs to make hormones or to detox hormones. So it's this very cyclical, intuitive way of eating. And it's all based around whole food, balanced nutrition. So I'm sure everybody knows they need to be eating clean and you hear all of this. I'm not a big fan of any one diet. Like I don't say do keto, do intermittent fasting, do this, do that. Whole food balanced nutrition is what we need to be eating. And then I can, yes. And I can go through some of the the cycle phases. If you want me to do that now, 
Yeah, let's do that. If you've been a longtime podcast listener, you probably know the different cycles, but let's let's review it for someone who yeah. may not know the, the different phases. Yep. So I start with menstruation phase. That's the, the week you're actually bleeding. So the first day you see spotting, that's the first day of your period. And that will usually go for most women five to seven days. And we're talking a 28-day cycle here. I know some people are longer or shorter, but this is the average women's cycle. So that's what we're going to discuss here. So first seven days, that's your bleed. That's your menstruation week. This is when your hormones are pretty low. So you'll notice your energy is pretty low. You need more rest. You need uh, more healthier fats during this week. You also might need a little bit more carbs. This is a great time to eat warming foods so you can keep your blood flowing so it doesn't get stagnant and sticky. We want a nice flowing blood. This will also optimize your reproductive system because we got a lot of blood and oxygen down there. Uh, so that's your first week. Then as we move into your off your period, we're going into the follicular phase. This is when your follicles are actually growing and getting ready to release that egg. So your nutrition changes a little bit this week. You need more fruits and vegetables. Think, eat the colors of the rainbow. Get as many vegetables as you can into your diets. Lots of leafy greens, lots of antioxidants with berries and citrus fruits even. So just fill up with the rainbow. Uh, this time is your hormones are starting to rise. So you'll notice that your energy is starting to rise. So we can talk about exercise in a minute, but you'll see how the, the hormones are flowing and how you're kind of working with them when it comes to exercise. So we're in our follicular phase, those follicles are growing, you're about to ovulate, your nutrition has changed a little bit. Now we're on ovulation and your nutrition changes a little bit more here where we really want to focus on antioxidants. We want to protect those eggs from free radicals, from any toxins, any, you want to just make them as strong as possible. Uh, and so this is when you really want to focus on all the antioxidant rich foods, the berries are a great source. Any of your dark colored fruits and vegetables, uh, just fill that plate again with the rainbow, but more antioxidant focused. For ovulation, your hormones are at their peak. So your energy is going to be at its peak. So you're going to be the most charismatic, the most like lovable, the most, like your energy is just on fire. Your cheeks are rosy. So I always tell people like, if you're going to go on a date, either with your husband or with a boyfriend, if you are going to ask for a raise or give a speech, this is the time to do it during ovulation because people are going to love you and they're going to buy whatever you're selling. <laughs> um, and so as we go into the next phase, which is luteal, this is actually broken up into two weeks. So we've got the two weeks before our period. Hormones are still pretty high, but they're starting to come down. So you might notice your energy is still high during this week. You can still focus on those high energy activities. And then as they come down, you'll want to do more slow, gentle, restorative movements uh, as far as exercise goes. Food, it's all about detox during luteal. We want to make sure these, de these hormones are being detoxed out of our body and they're not recirculating back into our body, clogging our liver, clogging up, you know, our gut health, all of that stuff. So detox friendly foods, that would be like onions and garlic and fennel and high fiber foods. So whole grains. And, um, you know, um, if you eat beans, that's a great time for beans, nuts and seeds are really good during this time. So get as much fiber as you can. I know most of the population is low in fiber. So luteal fill up on fiber. Uh, so that kind of rounds out things again. It's not a cut and dry philosophy. It's not I'm in luteal and I'm eating menstruation foods. So I've like done something wrong and I've thrown everything off. 
these foods are going to benefit you the most during these phases, but all of it's whole food balanced nutrition. So if you're, as long as you're eating that, you're one step ahead of the game. And then this is just going to benefit you more with your hormones. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I love the kind of the way I think about it is so similar. Like the first half being about lowering inflammation and by boosting all of those antioxidants. And the best way we know how to do that without driving ourselves crazy of like, can I get a list of all of it is like what you said, take colors of the rainbow, leafy greens, berries, citrus, all those things. And I think it's interesting too, like as I shifted my diet per my cycle, I noticed that, you know, because estrogen has an effect on the body where we don't feel as though we need more food, that I always kind of think of like that follicular ovulatory phase as spring and summer. And what do we eat in spring and summer? Like more salads and fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. And that luteal phase has that fall phase. And like you mentioned, kind of whole grains and onions and garlic, those things that are kind of more associated with the fall, right? But I just, I think that's so smart. The antioxidants to kind of like support those follicles, support those eggs. And then we don't want that estrogen hanging around in the second half of the cycle. So <laughs> detox is super important. And I, I always love adding like cruciferous vegetables for that as well, like broccoli or even broccoli sprouts. Yep, exactly. And make sure if you do have thyroid issues that you cook those broccoli and broccoli sprouts because that can cause an issue. Um, but definitely crucifix vegetables are so important and so delicious. Yes. I have Hashimoto's. So I get this question a lot about goitrogens and there's a really good book I'm looking at it right now called The Essential Thyroid Cookbook by um, Lisa Markley and Jill Grunewald. Um, it's okay. a really good recipe book, but they also go into like all of the facts around thyroid and about kind of breaking up myths. And that's such a good one. Like, oh, if you have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, you can never have a goitrogen. It's like, no, just cook them. Right. <laughs> just <have> to cook <laughs> them. Um, and so that is, and, that, and that's really important to remember. So that's great for nutrition. I think that gives people yeah. a really good overall picture. And something else I'll just add in there that I think is really important is like, we need more food in the luteal phase. Yes. And we live in such a society of restriction of calories. And it's like, no, actually our progesterone is a warming hormone. It means that we're going to burn through our calories faster. And so we need more food. So that salad that you had in the follicular phase might not be enough in the luteal phase. You might need more like the whole grains you talked about, kind of heavier foods in that sense. So I think that's important because people are like, why am I so ravenous? And then they deprive themselves in a time when they actually need more food. Yep, exactly, exactly. And I love to say that this is kind of, you have permission to eat more carbs during this phase and make them healthy, obviously, with the fruits and vegetables and the grains, but you do have permission to do that. I know some of us are so, like we've been you know, shunned, like no carbs ever, and that's just not the case. Your body needs those carbs. So good. I want to scream that over and over again, ladies, yes. we need carbohydrates, okay? Yes. Especially in that second half of the phase, okay? Just make sure that they are healthy, complex carbohydrates, like the whole grains that uh, Coach yes. Kayla mentioned. Okay. <laughs> yes. And your root vegetables. We didn't even talk about root vegetables, Oops. but yes. yes. So your sweet potatoes, your squash, your pumpkin, eggplant, all that stuff is yes. great in the second half and in, in the luteal phase. Yeah. And, and get, again, guys, that's your fall phase. So just think yes. vegetables. What do I eat in the fall? <laughs> right? I just got the most beautiful butternut squash and I'm like so excited because I finally figured out how to cut that. So it's not a pain in the butt. And so I literally can cut that thing up in five minutes and it's so delicious. Oh, so now you have to tell us how, you, how yes. you're cutting it up. Yes. So 
you have to have a really sharp knife. That's one of the things. And then you just cut the ends off with that knife and then you slice it diagonally and then you slice it up in like rinds and then you slice that piece oh and i also use a potato peeler to peel the skin off oh you can eat the skin but it's kind of hard so i just get the the middle and like saute it up or like i'll roast it and then i'll put it on top of quinoa and then i'm in love right now with cooking spinach i don't know i had this phase where i was like i want raw spinach now i want to cook my spinach so i'll put like a bunch of like sauteed spinach on top of that oh so good. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll actually, I want to share a recipe with you guys that I made that I just love was, so we're kind of, we're about to go on a trip to Utah tomorrow and we're trying to, you know, eat up everything in the yeah. fridge. And I, I have Hashimoto's as I mentioned, so I don't do soy cause that's a, that's a blocker mm-hmm. for thyroid. I don't do gluten or dairy cause that, those are both sensitivities and yeah. problematic for thyroid. And so what we had was I pot like, talk about purple. I bought a huge purple cabbage. Okay. <laughs> oh is, my gosh. I love purple cabbage. Mm. I know. And it's tough to like figure out how to get through it. And people are always like, oh, eat it. You know, it's like in a salad. And I'm like, well, no, cause that's not going to be great for my thyroid. Yeah. So what I did was I chopped up some garlic. I chopped up some ginger and okay. I threw it in the pan with coconut aminos, which is a soy sauce mm-hmm. substitute. Yep, yep. And oh my gosh. And then I sauteed up the spinach, like mixed greens and threw that on with some sweet potatoes. And, cause I'm oh. in the luteal phase now. And it was just so good. And obviously just oh. topped it with some sort of protein, but that's like a really good way to get a purple vegetable in. <laughs> yes. I love that. I have got this little thing for Christmas. It like cuts all of the vegetables, you know, like, what am I trying to say? Oh, it like shreds it. Yes. So it's like what you get at a restaurant. And so I'll buy a whole purple cabbage and I'll like shred it all up and I'll saute it. Oh my God. It is like so easy and so delicious. (laughs) I need one of those. I was thinking about that when I was cutting the cabbage. I was like, there's gotta be an easier way for me to do this. (laughs) Yeah. You just feed it through this little chute and it like has a blade in there and it's a motor and you turn it on. It's like, and it like spirals the whole thing. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. I'm getting myself one of those (laughs) for some, some reason. I mean, no birthday's coming up. Yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond, all that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we took a pause to share right. some cooking and nutrition tips. Well, perfect. So we kind of covered, you know, nutrition and we covered the different phases and what we're, our body is internally focused on. So you mentioned that you would split the luteal phase into two weeks. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you. And that you might have more energy in the beginning and then kind of slow down. So let's, let's talk through from menstruation to luteal phase the movement part of it, the exercise part. Yes. So this again is intuitively listening to your body and working out with your energy instead of against it. So during your period, when your hormones are low, your energy is probably low. So this is when you have permission to do more low, gentle, restorative movements. I know us ladies are so apt to work out really hard all month because we are like trying to lose weight or we think we need to, but during menstruation is when you need to take a pause and really do more of those low, gentle movements, yoga, tai chi, walking, stretching, even, even some like, you know, deep breathing, meditation and stretching sometimes is enough during that phase. Yeah. And I want to just pause there because we did have um, my friend, Jackie Smith from Little Adapts by Jax on the um, podcast and she's an exercise coach and she does all these things. And I I wanted 
women to hear what it was like for her to move her body during, you know, regular cycles then during pregnancy and then postpartum. And what I thought was just so important that I'll just emphasize here is what Coach Kayla just said is that we want to slow it down because she Mm -hmm. was training for a marathon and she wasn't slowing down. She wasn't switching up her movement at all during her cycle. She was just behaving as if that didn't have an impact because she didn't know. And she was actually gaining weight, even Mm -hmm. though she was running and training for a marathon. And it was because she was putting so much stress and cortisol is going Mm -hmm. to make you gain weight. And so we have to listen, like you said, listen intuitively to the body. And that's just one example where it's like, I see this, I mean, I know you see this all the time, how much exercise can be an actual stressor if we're mm-hmm. not doing it intuitively and we're trying to lose weight, it can backfire if we're right. over-exercising, especially in the wrong part of our cycle. Yep, exactly. And then it goes into affecting your adrenal health and like your body's just pumping out and in a fight or flight response. And it, yeah, it can do the opposite. That was what happened to me. Like I was a personal trainer for 10 years and I was at in the mindset, I grew up in the eighties, you know, the mindset of low fat, low calorie, lots of cardio aerobics. <laughs> so I was like With cute outfits and yes, fun yes, hair. leg warmers and like my <laughs> scrunchie, <laughs> but I was so skinny when I started get, trying to get pregnant and I never correlated the two together until I really started diving into, okay, why am I not getting pregnant when there was no medical diagnosis I had unexplained. And it was because I think one of the reasons I was working out way too hard, I was way too thin. And so, and I wasn't eating enough. So it's totally. like a trifecta there. So yeah, definitely. It's so important to, to listen to that energy in that body and work out accordingly, uh, or it can backfire and do the opposite of what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, so, so it's yeah. A, yeah, it's so important. You mentioned, you know, your adrenals and, and being on overdrive and fight or flight. And like, when we think about it biologically, I think I've said this at least five times on this podcast, but like we can't create babies, AKA also we can't have a healthy period, which is more mm-hmm. what I'm interested in and, and helping people with is less on the fertility end and more on just like having a healthy cycle to begin with. And not that fertility is not important, but I'm just saying that the act of having a period is a fifth vital sign and it's so important. So when we don't have a healthy cycle, we look backwards over the last month to three months. And oftentimes I will tell you like this year, because of all the stress that people are having in their lives, it has been, you know, cycles that are coming every two weeks or they're really long or they're completely skipped altogether. And so much of that has to do with stress. And when we think about stress, a lot of times we're just thinking mental, emotional stress, right? But it's not mm-hmm. just that. It can be over-exercising and under-eating. And that's a direct cause of infertility, of missed cycles, irregular cycles, just like you were saying happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, another thing I want to mention is, you know, I talk about fertility a lot because that's my specialty, but for people who aren't trying to get pregnant, maybe you're, you know, in not in a phase of your life where you're trying to get pregnant, maybe you're past that or before that, but you still need to ovulate and you still, like you said, need to have a healthy cycle. The more you can ovulate between now and menopause, the more you're going to set yourself up for staying clear of diseases such as dementia and heart disease and Alzheimer's and all all of this stuff. So just because you're not trying to have a baby today, you still need to worry about ovulation and your period for sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had, I think I have an episode, you guys, like it's, I don't know what number it is, but it's called the benefits of estrogen and progesterone. And in that episode, I tried to go through all the, the cardiovascular benefits, the mental health, neurocognitive benefits. So we're not really taught that. Um, but nope. anyway, <laughs> that is such I a good 
I love that. Yeah. So basically everything that we're teaching you on this podcast is also about having healthy ovulation and healthy periods so that you can benefit from healthy levels of estrogen and progesterone, which do impact other parts of your body besides just fertility. So, oh, yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So back to the exercise. Okay. Now we're in follicular. So follicular, again, your hormones are starting to rise. So this is when your energy is going to start to rise and you can do harder classes. You can do those spin and that boot camp and that, you know, that running the marathons and things like that. You'll also find that your nervous system is more apt to handle the stress of like a loud class or, you know, a, a like that I'm, I'm thinking spin class with the loud music and the dark lights and that like is over uh, stimulating to your nervous system, but your nervous system can handle stress more in the follicular phase because your hormones are helping it. So you can handle those classes. So that's follicular. Then ovulation is when you're at your peak ovulation, you're going to have the most energy and you're going to be like, I can run that marathon. I can like, you know, do weights and do a spin class. And that's when you have that energy to do that. So listen to that. Obviously we don't want to over-exercise, but this is the time when you're, you have the permission to do the hard classes and you're not going to hurt yourself in the process. Um, and then okay. another thing to mention on this too, is your muscles are more flexible and more pliable because of the hormones. So you can actually lift heavier weights during this time of your cycle, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, so that's ovulation. And did you have something to throw in there on that one? Yeah. I just wanted to say the only thing, um, that I tell people is that because of the estrogen peak, we are more prone to injury. So mm-hmm. while we're working out harder, yeah. just make sure you guys are, you know, working out smart <laughs> for your yes, body yes. And form so that you don't um, hurt yourself. That's exactly. an interesting finding. I thought that they, they found in a study, I think it was about the Achilles tendon is specifically mm-hmm. more prone for injury during ovulation because of the estrogen. <laughs> just- interesting. That is so cool that you said that. I actually have heard that. And it's so funny because I'm in my mid forties. So, you know, I haven't seen any signs of menopause yet, but I know it's coming. And recently I've been noticing a lot. I'm having really healthy ovulation. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Well, then two days after I noticed this, I was like reading my signs. We can go into this in a minute, but I pulled a calf muscle and I'm like, I didn't put those two and two together, but I'm like thinking I've never injured myself like this. Why is this happening? And that's probably why my, my estrogen was high and I was on ovulation and I worked out too hard and I pulled that calf muscle. So there you go. (laughs) Crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Again, listen to your body and and read those signs. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay. So so ovulation, most energy, run, running weights, all the things. And yeah, you have the highest testosterone. So weight training is great. Um, And then we've got our two week luteal phase. So what do you recommend then? So again, this is broken into two weeks. So the first week when you come off of ovulation, you know, ovulation is usually just a couple of days. So this is the time when you can still do those hard classes. If you feel like you have the energy, most people do, but again, listen to your body, work out intuitively. You can still lift a little bit heavier weight. You can still do some of the harder classes as you go into that week before your period, the second week of your luteal phase, this is when you start, your energy starts to come down. Your hormones are coming back down. We want to help with detox. So this is when you need to move back into the slow, gentle, restorative movements of yoga and walking and the Tai Chi and things like that. I even encourage anything to help with the detox system. So if you can sit in an infrared sauna, you can sit in a steam room or, you know, a hot bath. 
something where you're helping those, uh, that body to naturally detox, uh, do some dry brushing even is great. So yeah, so that's kind of the, the four phases and, and it's really, again, it's just about intuitively listening to your body, your energy and working out accordingly. Absolutely. And, um, I think we live in a society that's so much like go, go, go push, push, push. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've had to really retrain myself and I still struggle with overdoing Mm -hmm. it. And I'm constantly like, how can I make this easier for myself? What could, what kind of help could I ask for? How could I listen to myself more? Um, Mm -hmm. I was recently asked to speak at a retreat and they were asking me like, how I structure my day and things like that. And I was like, well, the morning is like my time. So I always ask myself, Mm -hmm. what do I need today? Because so much before I did that, I was always kind of like turning on my phone and then getting stressed Mm -hmm. out and then giving all my energy away. And so we lose that connection to our bodies. When we Mm -hmm. do that, we lose that intuitive nature that women are so skilled at. And so we have to get back to that. And this is such a beautiful way to do that because we're lucky. We're lucky that we have these four phases and that we can really get into changing our behavior and listening to our body in these different ways. I just, I think it's so cool. And it's like, it's a biohack. It's how we make our hormones, our superpowers. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing I want to mention too, is we are not men. Western society has trained us that we are exactly like men. So we should work, 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 go, 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 never stop, work out really hard, like, you know, achievements. And it's just, that's not women. Women are cyclical and they're, they're intuitive and they're all the things. And so, yeah, listening to that and working with that is so important. 100%. Yes. I love yeah. it. You mentioned that there, you were reading your signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so people yeah. probably like, wait, is she talking about astrology? What's she right? About? No. <laughs> I'm we- reading. So even though I'm not trying to get pregnant, I still want to look at my fertile signs and my signs of ovulation and, you know, obviously tracking my cycle and my period health. But one thing I really love to do is look for that cervical mucus. Like that's telling us something. That's a key bodily function and fits right in there with that fifth vital sign. So what I'm looking for is any wetness that I start to see around ovulation. Obviously I'm tracking my cycle. So I know like, you know, this is what phase I'm in. This is what day I'm on. This is when my ovulation usually happens. So I'll start looking around day 12 to 14. I am lucky. I have about a 28 day to 30 day cycle. So I'm pretty normal. And like I said, I'm 45, no signs of menopause anywhere in sight. So yay for that. But, (laughs) but I'll start looking for those fertile signs day 12 to 14. You know, I'll start, it starts getting more wet and I'll start seeing some cervical mucus, which is like, um, during right before ovulation, it'll be a little bit more creamy, a little thicker, a little cloudier. And then as we go into ovulation, as those hormones start to rise and that just, you know, that egg's getting ready to come out of the follicle, that progesterone's getting ready. That's when it'll start to thin and we'll get more of an egg white consistency. So I find a lot of women, one, don't look for this. And then two, they'll say, well, I don't have that. But then when they start to look for it, then they're like, oh, that's what that is. Okay. So the egg white consistency, that's when you're right on top of ovulation. It can happen within 36 hours of seeing that. Um, And then that's when the egg actually comes out of the follicle. Then the progesterone comes out of that follicle that's called the corpus luteum. And the progesterone is what starts to dry up the cervical mucus. So as you go through ovulation, when it's done, you'll start to see it starts to get dry down there and then it'll dry up until you start your period and then we bleed and then it starts to do the whole cycle again. So it's pretty neat once you start to kind of look at that. That's one of the ways that you can track your ovulation, your, you know, your cycle and all of that. 
Mm, yes. Yeah. And I think people, <laughs> no one wants to talk about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Women are like, wait, what? Like, what's happening down there? Do I have a yeast yeah. infection? What's going on? It's like, no, this is actually just our normal bodies and our amazing bodies. And it's mm-hmm. real in relationship to the hormones that we are creating. And just another sign that we are not right. men. <laughs> um, yep, exactly. Yeah. I love that. What? I do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing too, I think a lot of people don't realize is that how much cervical mucus you have is directly correlated. Well, one of the pieces to your nutrition and hydration. So I'll, I'll have the women tell me like, I'm not seeing it. And then we'll look at, okay, you're not drinking enough water. And that's why you're not hydrated. You know, we are 60% water, if not more. So we have to stay hydrated to see these bodily fluids. Same with nutrition. Like you have to be eating that whole food balance nutrition to kind of give your body what it needs to make these things. So that's, those two are directly correlated, which I can't believe how many people tell me all the time. Like, I didn't realize that like water has to do with my cervical mucus. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is such a good reminder. Sometimes mm. it's just the simple things like drinking enough water, um, is so huge. Yes. And like making sure we're building up those follicles with those antioxidants and protecting them mm. from that oxidative stress that we create internally. And that we just mm. are around from exhaust fumes and unfiltered water and Mm -hmm. all these things that are toxins in our modern day that those foods can help to protect us against. So yeah. Yeah. I heard a crazy statistic recently that said we're exposed to more toxic chemicals in one month than our grandparents were in their entire lives. So just think about how many toxins are around us and you wonder why there's so much infertility issues, so much autoimmune conditions, so many gut health issues, PCOS, like it's, yeah. it's all these toxins. It's, yeah. it's insane. That is insane. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you see this huge rise in all these conditions and you got to start asking why. And yes. so yeah, anything we can do to protect ourselves and protect our, our beautiful ovaries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we yeah. talked about why tracking your cycle is important and how to do it. Um, and then we talked about your exercise, nutrition, we talked a little bit about some lifestyle things people can do in the, in the luteal phase, like sauna, steam room, dry brushing. Are there any other pieces of advice that you want to go deeper on? Yeah, I would pull in all the lifestyle pieces as well. So, you know, I created something called the hormone puzzle method. We can go through what that means, but it's nutrition plus all the lifestyle factors. So it's proper whole food nutrition, having the right supplements and understanding those, really working on your stress and eliminating, like you said, the physical stress of working out too hard, but also the mental and emotional stress, the any old belief systems that you have, any old thought patterns, negative thought patterns, any of that stuff. So really managing that, we're never going to eliminate our stress, but it's just how we manage it and what we do on a regular basis for that. Uh, Then it's sleep, making sure we're getting good, high quality sleep. We're going to bed and waking up at the same time, pretty much setting that circadian rhythm, that natural clock, really working. Um, That's another place where we can live cyclically because we are working, you know, we're sleeping with the sun and the moon. Then it's environmental toxins. It's the exercise piece and the connection, your connection to yourself and to others, your partner, your husband. Uh, So it's all those pieces ties into this hormone puzzle that allows your hormones to be in synchrony, to be in harmony and to create this beautiful picture of health. 
I love it. I have um, a client right now who has PCOS and Mm -hmm. she has been working with me for a while. And it's been interesting because she's one of the people that's had this, like every two weeks she's been bleeding since coming on birth control. And she's like working on sleep. She, you know, she sleeps great. She um, has a great relationship. She's not too stressed at her job. She eats for her cycle, you know, all these things, but she was still having issues. And so we, I was like, okay, well, what's going on with stress and trauma? Do you have any trauma that you haven't dealt with? And because trauma is a huge part of my program Mm -hmm. and our step process. She said, well, you know, my dad passed away last year Mm -hmm. and we didn't really get to honor him because of COVID. So she has this huge thing that happened that hasn't been processed. And so it was really Mm -hmm. interesting. So yesterday we, we chatted and just to tie all everything we talked about in this episode, mm-hmm. she's like, so Sophie, I think, I think I ovulated last week. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you think that? She's like, well, I, my skin was glowing and I was like, had this intense urge to, <laughs> to have sex and had my libido yeah. back, which is, I didn't really mention that, but in, in ovulation, that's, that's what happens, you know? And then I just, I felt all this extra energy and I could like work out harder and felt really good. And then, um, this week I've been a little more hungry <laughs> yes. and, um, and she's like, and I haven't gotten my bleed cause she's been having this two weekly. So she's on week three, no, no bleeding. And I was like, Oh my God, I think it's working. And so we yeah. looked back and all the things we did and it was so much about getting her nutrition on track, but also she found a therapist because mm-hmm. I explained to her that her body was never going to feel safe if she didn't mm-hmm. address this. And so it's like, we have to look at all of it. And I love that you brought up like the stress, the old belief systems. We worked on that a lot yesterday because she's still having some hair loss, right? But meanwhile, she has a big, beautiful head of hair, mm-hmm. but she was having some hair loss. And I was like, can I just reflect for you that like you had ovulation for like the first time since getting off birth control, you are feeling good and you got a therapist and all these, po- like she had all these positives, right? And mm-hmm. oh, and her testosterone had dropped by 40 points since we wow. were for three months. Yeah. So she had Amazing. all, yeah. And so she had all these positives, but she was focused on that one thing, mm-hmm. right? And trying to like, well, I've been researching this and I've been doing this and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, okay, how about we change the thought pattern here? How about we mm-hmm. shift the belief system that you are going to constantly have fertility issues um, and issues with your cycle. And what other belief can we bring in? Because it seems to me like you have all these wins, right? But we get so stuck in our belief systems and so stuck in our story of being ill and sick. And I know I was like that for years. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, I love that you bring that in, in your puzzle method, because it's honestly, sometimes the thing that blocks Mm -hmm. us from having healthy hormones. For sure. For sure. And it's so crazy too. I don't think I told you this, but I'm in the process of getting my PhD and I'm going to, yes, I'm going to a school that's all about quantum physics. And they talk so much about this, how we can literally create our physiology, which is our physical body by our thoughts and our beliefs. And it starts with an old trauma that gets stuck there. Then your body creates some kind of illness or disease to protect yourself. It's this, you know, downward causation where it starts in the mind mind and it comes down into your physical body. So it's like, if you don't pull that piece in of breaking that old belief pattern and those old like thoughts and habits, then you're always going to perpetuate this physical symptoms are going to pop up. So it's just so crazy to think about It's It's completely different than we've ever been taught. It goes so much deeper than just the physical body. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm in um, a course right now from Dr. Amy Apigen called The Biology of Trauma. And we mm. talk about how trauma gets stuck in the yeah. body and then it will manifest as autoimmune and all oh. these different, it's just so interesting. And it's a huge Crazy. part of, I think the healing journey for me has been a huge part of dealing with trauma, dealing with old habits, old patterns, belief systems. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just as important as dealing with the environmental toxins and the nutrition. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Have you ever looked at Dr. Bruce Lipton's work? He does the <laughs> belief, biology belief. What is it? I have his book right here. The belief of biology, I think, or, or the biology of belief. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what it is. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. Cause that's exactly what he talks about. Yes. Like it's, we, we've pretty much created not to blame, but we've, we were creating this physical body that we're living in. So it's mm-hmm. like break that and then you can heal. You can yeah. truly heal. Truly heal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge mm-hmm. believer in that. Yeah. Cool. So we yeah. talked about all your pieces, all your yeah. pieces. Um, <laughs> any last thought that you want to leave the women listeners with anything that comes to mind, encouragement or support? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that you can do this. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what your diagnosis is. I don't care what it's been like in the past. You can heal your body from within. You can change this. And it all starts with just that one belief that I can do this. And I know we talked about a lot today and it can get very overwhelming for some people. I recommend pick one thing, say tomorrow, I'm going to have a healthier breakfast than I had today, or I'm going to take 10 minutes and meditate instead of watching Netflix pick one thing and do that. And then the next day, pick something else until you have a whole new plethora of new habits and a new lifestyle. So you can do it. I love it. You can do it. You can do it. Yes. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I love Instagram. It's probably my favorite social media. So I'm at Kayla underscore health coach. I am, my website is coachkayla.com and I'm on Facebook at Kayla health coach as well. I also have a podcast, the hormone puzzle podcast, and I have a bunch of books and uh, programs on my website as well. Yeah. Yeah. So many ways for people to plug in and we'll, we'll drop all your social media links and everything into the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sophie. You're welcome. All right, ladies, we'll see you on the next one. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.